0: Hey everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim. We talk about horror movies on this show and it is October, that means it is the Octoberthon to celebrate the month of Halloween. The holiday, not the movie we have been doing a bunch of extra episodes and of course something that we started a few years ago was working our way through the Halloween franchise in the months of October and you know last year we did these uh, I think we did like six H2O and Resurrection the year before that we did uh, two three four five uh, we actually did the original and uh, a really really bad episode the year before that which is why, to sort of cap off, because the last couple of Sundays we did Halloween remake, we did Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie. This this week we're doing the original Halloween once more, um, with a bit more maturity and experience behind us. Obviously in time for next week, where we'll be talking about Halloween 2018, which of course we're excited about seeing and seeing how, how it works out. So, uh, we'll start honestly full spoilers I was going to say we start spoiler free but it's Halloween at this point Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, just be warned Halloween full spoilers yeah. Uh, but yeah so this is the classic film by John Carpenter came out in 1978 uh, at the time it was the most successful independent film ever made and it's simple it is about Michael Myers who kills his big sister when he's a kid he goes to a, a psychiatric hospital he breaks out 15 years later and he comes back so the night he came home and of course if you're you're unaware uh, everyone just calls him Michael Myers but in the script for the original and even in the credits he is credited as The Shape not Michael Myers when he's the killer Um, obviously the little kid's Michael Myers when his mask is off towards the end it's a different actor playing him that's Michael Myers but when he's got the mask on he's The Shape (laughs) Tim yeah normally I start these by saying do you like the movie but I feel like that's a bit pointless in this case because it's halloween (laughs) but go on tell me how much you like halloween
1: (laughs) oh yeah no i i like it a lot um i think you know i mentioned this before but i uh you know it wasn't really my franchise growing up like uh I, i think last year uh you know or the last couple of years like when we're doing some of the sequels some of them like had been you know the first time i had seen them uh I think that was the case with, like, uh, 5 and 6. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, the, the first one, I, I don't know exactly when I saw it, but, yeah, that was one that, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just hard to deny, like, you know, how good it is. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, what, what else is there to say? <laughs> hey, it's pretty great. I, you know, obviously... Yeah, i know like you're like a huge fan so i yeah i won't try to say that i love it as much as you or anything but i mean this is yeah just a you know phenomenal you know bit of uh you know horror filmmaking and it's one that you like you know i i feel like it's one that you can cite a lot when um other people get movies wrong like <laughs> it, it's kind of like the like it's a classic go-to like you know if you're watching a modern movie and you're like no like you don't understand like this isn't scary like look at halloween look how they build the tension and the creepiness and Mm. you know like that's how you do it like it's just like a a master class and you know just really uh you know uh getting like you know just having like uh you know making people feel like the tension and the creepiness but without being really flashy and in your face and like you know feeling the need to you know overly explained and all this stuff and yeah, you know, it, it's just it's
0: also the, bit of it it's great. also the movie that sort of proved hey you can make a really effective and great horror film on a really low budget and oh, yeah. that's what led to the slasher boom that's why we have Friday the 13th that's why we have Nightmare on Elm Street that's why we have the prowler it's why we have uh, picking up territory and it's why we have prom night <laughs> it's why we have you know you can list like, you know hundreds of movies that only exist because Halloween made a fortune uh, for the time period. And, yeah, it's kind of the prototype for a lot of movies, especially slasher movies in particular. And it's funny because it's not, like, as much as the rules are clearly established in this movie, it doesn't treat them as rules, it doesn't treat them as tropes, it's just because everyone followed the template of Halloween Mm -hmm. We end up feeling like oh oh well the the be right back the 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 babysitters, the, the the virgins the one who lives, and so on like, all these things, the idea of the final girl uh all all these things that kind of came from Halloween, yeah. but it's only like the other yeah. movies that made them tropes. this one just made yeah. a movie and just you know did what made sense for the story
1: yeah it's funny though, like how yeah it's something that hadn't really been done before, although don't sometimes people argue that Black Christmas was like the first slasher?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, when I say, uh, when, I, when I bring this up, I don't necessarily mean that it's, it's, you know, unequivocally the first slasher movie. Because I think Black Christmas is yeah. arguably kind of a slasher movie. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is arguably yeah. kind of a slasher movie.
1: This is what made it popular, though. Like, kind of what paved the way. For, like, yeah, and, that that's, that's the is,
0: and I would argue that those two, well, there's definitely elements of the slasher movie in there, they're not exactly slasher movies in the sense that you know you have a body count you you get then your final girl the round around Texas Chainsaw kind of has that but Texas Chainsaw like you get to that point where the rest of the cast are dead and it's just the final girl you get to that point like 40 minutes before the end of the movie <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, you know so there's, there's some differences there um, and then Black Christmas is a little bit different because it's asking it's, it's, it's some of the murder mystery stuff in there and it's got the, the creepy phone calls which are a little bit different and yeah um, so he, there's definitely stepping stones. There's, it's not like Halloween just jumped to it, and obviously there's inspiration from Psycho, which are, you know Psycho was the movie that brought horror into the into the the the, the everyday mainstream. world, like no. well yeah mainstream in the sense that before Psycho horror movies were in castles in Transylvania, they were in the past, they were in. <laughs> whereas this was like, no, this is a modern motel. This is people who have working jobs in present day life who are you yeah. know, stalked and killed by this crazy person. That's what Psycho did. And then Halloween here kind of takes it. And the fact that, of course, we have Jamie Lee Curtis, who's the daughter of Janet Lee, uh, is just, you know, icing on the cake. And then even yeah. uh, Loomis is named after a character in Psycho, and then there's a bunch of other characters named of. One of the things I did, actually, I was watching the Blu-ray this time, uh, which I've done the last, like 50 times I've watched it, I've been the Blu-ray, but... <laughs> Uh, I there's like a trivia track, uh, like it's like pop up oh. facts. And I thought, oh yeah, I'll put them on, why not? I've seen it like, you know, a hundred million times. I thought I'll put the put the trivia on. To be honest, ninety nine percent of them were completely pointless and stuff that I knew already <laughs> or were or extremely <laughs> obvious. There was just one or two little things here or there that were kinda of, oh okay, that's kinda of interesting. You know, this character's kinda of named off this character or named off off of John Carpenter's best friend in high school or whatever, like there was few things here or there. Uh, although one which really made me laugh and was just there for me to do this now is that the camera operator for the Steadicam went on to be a director of photography on the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, oh, oh, there you
1: go. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank
0: you for that. Uh, stars Blu-ray. So yeah, but yeah.
1: it's uh, crazy though, like how you know y- y- you can kind of say that yeah, like it is you know like the first uh, of its type of you know that we would see over and over again but it's still it feels so fully formed like um you know when i feel like a lot of times like you know we talk about like other franchises like you know um especially like friday the 13th and stuff when you watch the first one it's like ah, this doesn't really feel like friday the 13th or like what i yeah you know become, it, be, it like, became to know yeah it
0: became what we yeah. know it as as it went on
1: yeah well like with this it's just like it's just fully you know everything's just fully formed it's like oh no like this is absolutely like what it should be yeah it, it doesn't I, really feel like there's anything that's like like you know sometimes even if a movie's really good there might be like a little part where you're like oh this is kind of a weird uh thing like there really isn't mm. anything like that that i'm like oh this isn't needed or out of place or
0: yeah everything after this was just trying to live up to it is basically basically that yeah. <laughs> unless you're rob zombie in which case you're trying to just rip it apart and piss all over its legacy <laughs> And yeah, of course, it, naturally, there's going to be some comparisons to the remake, especially since we just watched, you know, Rob Zombie's two films over the past couple of weeks, and um, watching this and like comparing the opening Laurie scene, for example, to the opening Laurie scene in the remake, which is you know Laurie finger banging a bagel to make her mother uncomfortable, as opposed to this, yeah. where it's just you know a quiet scene of her coming out the house and. Seeing that she's kind of responsible and her dad trusts her with things. Like, it's like, okay, yeah. instantly, I get a part of this character. She is the responsible one.
1: Yeah, she's a million times more likable. And then, even, you know, with her and her friends, like, you know, they still talk about, like, you know, there's still, like, sex talk and that kind oh, of yeah. thing.
0: Oh, yeah. I but mean, it's, it's not. M- most of the dialogue is about planning for their, their, their sex that night. At least the other characters, yeah. the other two characters, Linda and uh, Annie. So.
1: Yeah, but it it just it feels so more like. It feels like more real and natural, and it's not like gross and like shocking like the Rob Zombie is, where it's just. Yeah, like,
0: it's not obnoxious. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're not exactly. humping each other's legs and talking yeah. <laughs> about what they're going to do that night. It's all very implied. It's all very, like, again, but a bit more natural uh, in that sense. What's funny, actually, is that the, the pop up facts mentioned that the actress played Annie, uh whose, whose name is actually Loomis, funnily enough, uh it was actually 20, <laughs> 28 at the time of filming this. It's like oh wow yeah we often joke about how they always have older actors but yeah. 28 is really pushing it <laughs> like alright yeah. I mean hell, I'm 29 and like I, I ain't passing for no teenager <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah like I, I mean I assume that they were all like a little older but yeah I wouldn't have you know thought they were that old
0: yeah uh, no I I think Laurie's one of the big things you look at I, I think obviously we'll talk about Michael Myers we'll talk about uh, Loomis and the shape and all that but I, I think Laurie's such an important character in this movie and where she succeeds where a lot of other final girls fail, although a lot of them are quite likeable enough, but they're they're kind of there to just function as a a sort of mindless slasher movie, and I love a good mindless slasher movie but Halloween sets itself apart in a lot of ways, and one of them is that Laurie is, like there's actual observations to make about the character, and what the character's arc is, and what she's saying, and I think it's notable that early on like one of the things that people have always said is no, she doesn't survive because she's the She's the virgin, or because she's the the prude, or whatever. She survives because she's not distracted by everything else, and she's actually paying attention. Early on in the film, she gets a glimpse of the shape and the distance in the car. She sees them, you know, behind the hedge, you know, in the yeah. clothesline, and she's concerned and she's scared. And she she crawls onto the bed and like almost in a fetal position where she's kind of terrified. And yeah. no one believes her. No one believes that was actually danger coming, but she senses it. And here's yeah. something I noticed on this this watch, through later on when she's babysitting tommy and uh, uh lindsey she's babysitting the kids and tommy's asking her about the boogeyman and she kind of just fobs him off and then later on when he gets scared because he sees the shape across the street and he starts screaming it's the boogeyman and like and lindsey gets really scared and and laurie grabs her hey you're scaring Lindsay, stop it stop it there's no boogeyman stop it that is like the one big mistake she makes is she treats him like that her friends treat her and she doesn't believe no. him that the danger is actually coming, and that's the biggest oh, that, that's yeah. the biggest mistake she makes in this movie. But she's still far more aware than the other characters are. She she's actually yeah. uh, trepidatious She is worried that danger is approaching in certain scenes, um, and it's almost her friends talking her out of it that puts her in the most danger. And like I, I thought, that was a really interesting observation. Is that she yeah. dis- disregards Tommy the same way her friends disregarded her, and ultimately the danger was very real. The boogeyman was there, and he was coming. Yeah. So I thought that was an yeah, interesting touch.
1: Interesting. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. I never really picked up on it. But, yeah, yeah, going back to, like, what you're saying, like, uh, yeah, she's the only one that is actually taking anything seriously. Like, you, you see everyone else, uh, you know, when she thinks that, you know, she sees something, you know, they kind of, like, call them out or, you know, like, almost, like, make fun of them and stuff. And, yeah, they all kind of... Yeah, I mean,
0: like, m- more like, specifically, she, she's worried that it's someone dangerous and they start making, you know, jokes. They start saying, hey, maybe I can date you. Oh, you've scared another one away, Laurie. You know, like, you know, all these little (laughs) jokes. They they always, again, it's it's funny because we complained that the Rob Zombie movies are always talking about sex and in a weird way, the characters in this are kind of doing that as well. Like I say, it's a lot more natural and a lot less obnoxious. But, and the, the way it works here though is that when Laurie tries to point out an actual potential threat or danger or something they should be concerned with, they are too busy oh no we've got sex tonight we don't want to talk about that yeah. we're, we're self-obsessed with our own lives and this is the thing we want to do um, they're yeah. ignoring everything they're supposed to actually pay attention to I mean there's there's a almost a complete monologue and cat, you're almost moving my speaker off my desk I'm going to move you <laughs> come here right there's a monologue from PJ Souls from Linda at one point where Uh, Laurie says, oh, I forgot my books when they're walking home. And she's like, oh, I I forgot my book too. I always forget my books. I forget my math book, my history (laughs) book. I mean, who needs books? I don't need my books. I mean, who looks at the books anyway? It's it's this, like, 30-second solid of just her saying why she doesn't care about leaving her books behind. And I'm like, maybe if you paid attention a little bit more, (laughs) you wouldn't get killed later on. I'm just saying.
1: You know, just... just yeah and like i feel like you really don't see that much from the the friends but they're still like so memorable like you just huh? you know even from the little interactions you get you totally get their po- and it's funny i just said totally because we <laughs> were talking about uh linda but uh hmm. yeah like you you get so much of their personality just from like from those little uh, interactions and yeah. You know, but it, it just is like goes to show you though like how well like You know the storytelling and like the dialogue is done that these feel like real characters, and you get involved in you know what happens to them.
0: It's efficient. Whereas Rob Zombie's movie, they have to constantly scream what they're thinking to try and like let us know who they are. Whereas with this, you get it. It's much more subtle.
1: Actually. Yeah, they actually sound like characters as opposed to just voices for Rob Zombie. Like, (laughs) it just feels like... Like, really, I actually would have had more respect if Rob Zombie just played all the characters in the movie because it just feels like everyone is just, (laughs) like, saying what he's thinking.
0: It would definitely be more of an an absurd art film because it's just all Rob Zombie with the (laughs) beards. Like, he's playing Laurie and he's playing, you know, Annie and he's playing the Michael
1: Myers. He's playing everyone. You know what scenes I actually really like is, uh... I I like, uh... You get, like, a lot of real vulnerability, uh you know with jamie lee here mm-hmm. and uh, i like the scenes you know when she's talking about you know uh ben tramer and like you just get like Do you
0: know what i was going to bring up the same scene when when annie brings it up in the car or yeah. or she or she brings and- up ben tramer but then there's that awkward moment afterwards where she looks mortified like she's so embarrassed that she's even bringing this up
1: yeah and like it it feels like even when yeah when she first mentions it like it's not like she's like well I do have a crush it's this person like you know she kind of like says it like almost like under her breath and Mm. then of course you know and and I feel like a lot of people can relate here you have the best friend where you say something like oh really that's what you like all right man I'm gonna do I'm gonna set it up and like you get horrified you're like no 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 no, don't 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 and I just yeah I just love like that little bit of her personality where you really feel for her and like you can totally get into her head like yeah the kind of person she is and yeah she's a a character feelings she's
0: had yeah you immediately get who she is like I mean you get her before that but that's this really like sets it up and and then you can say is there some kind of like almost dichotomy here of like she is horrified by this but there's really much worse things to be scared of coming up later on and it kind of shows you how trivial this really is in the grand scheme of things but the other girls are so obsessed and that's their entire world that's all they're thinking about that's all they're focusing on is their relationships and oh can we sneak the kid out so that we can have sex well you know Laurie's looking after them and so on and so forth like can we manipulate it to, to get away with all this uh, and then the yeah. other thing with Laurie is just that this thing that I've talked about this before is the uh, the idea of her as the protector of the kids and that's that's part of why you root for her is because it's not just that she's trying to save herself is that the entire time, like as soon as she's babysitting Tommy, we see that he's bullied we see that Michael's around later on and he sees the boogeyman, she's a protector for both him and Lindsay and she does protect them, she she you know, makes sure they're they're safe, she she um when she's sitting talking about the comic books and stuff, she tries to understand them. And obviously like I said, yeah. the the biggest mistake she makes is not listening to them at one point, but uh it's not just about her saving her own ass. It's it's about her protecting other people. Um uh, which is something the other characters again don't don't pay attention to and that's why you root for her, because she is the mother figure. She's the one who's actually cares. Uh yeah. So you know. She's 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 very likable, uh, as opposed to that atroci- atrocity in the remake <laughs> who won't stop squealing and complaining, uh, at every turn turn of the events.
1: And you know, I I feel like, um, I feel like maybe this and the original Nightmare are are kind of unique, where I I feel like the final girl is almost as memorable as, or if not. You know, uh, you know, just as much uh, memorable as like the villain. Like, hmm. you know, I, I feel like a lot of the Friday the Thirteenth, it's it's really, you know, obviously except for like you know the first one and stuff. Like, it's you know Jason's show. Like, not as many people remember, you know, the characters and stuff as this. Uh, but yeah, I feel like you know this is except unique, Shelley. You remember Shelly never dies. Yeah, well, <laughs> of course. How can you, how can you forget Shelley? But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I feel like not uh, you know most horror movies you remember the villain, but this one, you know, Lori is pretty. You know, pretty much just as memorable as you know Michael Myers in this, and even like later on the sequels. I feel like you know there are characters that you definitely like, but you know you don't get the same kind of mm. you know gravitas as uh you know Laurie in this one. I think all the all the all the
0: Halloween movies I like all have pretty decent protagonists when I think about it. Like compared to other franchises, yeah. it's, it's one thing that I think the series is is well at least when it's good, it does quite well, um, and obviously yeah, no better than here in the original. Uh, so I'll be really curious to see what the the new one does in in this sense. But now Laurie yeah, really is, yeah, it's got a lot more depth to her than most final girls do. And it, again, it's so subtle. It's it's a uh, just a few key ideas that that kind of build her character, and it makes her likable, um, and you root for her. You're rooting for her to survive. Yeah. So, oh, that's good. It's good. <laughs> um, so Loomis Let's talk about Loomis we'll, we'll save the shaped okay. as the a, as a, as a third pillar of the characters but uh, Loomis is obviously Donald Pleasance famously this role was turned down by Christopher Lee who later admitted it was the biggest mistake he'd ever made in his career <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> which I think is
0: funny uh, apparently he also offered it to Peter Cushing as well so he, he tried both the Hammer dudes okay. and both of them turned it Interesting. down
1: Interesting. I can see yeah I, I think they both would have been good but and it's hard to picture, uh, you know, anyone other than Donald Pleasance. He just—he really makes the the character his own. Yeah, I, I remember.
0: Uh, this wasn't from the facts. This was just from like the old documentary and commentary stuff. I remember, Pleasance took the role because his daughter was a fan of *Assault and Precinct 13. Um, oh, okay. And what I did learn from these pop-up facts, though, is that he only worked on the film for five days. He had five days. I mean, oh, the film uh, the film was shot in twenty one days. I remembered that, but he was on five of those days, and he was paid twenty thousand dollars for his five days of work. Oh wow! <laughs> and I have no doubt he was paid the most out of anyone because he's the oh, that, yeah. the veteran actor. He's the because you know he he'd been in big movies before. This he was in a James Bond movie. He was <laughs> in Fantastic Voyage. He was in World War Two movies. He, you know, he's he's a career. Uh, whereas I mean, everyone else is basically I mean, all the. Everyone else involved in the movie is basically all these like fresh out of like film school, like really young and like hungry and like want to get stuff done. And
1: yeah, I mean, he really grew to like love the character, though. I you know, unfortunately, he ended up passing after the uh, sixth one. Before it it even came out, actually. uh, Okay. Oh. Oh yeah. Uh, but I I think at some point though he said that like you know he would keep doing these movies like you know as long as they kept making them. Mm Yeah,
0: it's it's kind of amazing that, you know, if, if you'd went back to 1978 when they were shooting this and said, hey, this is the role you'll be remembered for most, It would have been like, <laughs> work, shut up. <laughs> this little horror movie with these guys are who are throwing leaves around because it's spring in Florida. Or not Florida. Pasadena. Yeah. I think it was Pasadena. It was California. I think That's it was, where they... Yeah. Yeah, it was Pasadena. It Pasadena, yeah. Uh, but, Which like, they, they have, it, have to throw... Way lives their lives leaves around because obviously it was spring (laughs) and also there's palm trees in the background if you're looking for them just to like break the illusion but you know
1: and the and i love like you know he he serves this really uh interesting role where you know i feel like a lot of in horror movies when you have like this villain there's always someone that you know um is telling you that the backstory you know why you should be afraid or what the rules of this you know creature are you know whether it's like mm. someone at a campfire or you know a psychic that comes into like a haunted house or something like that and that uh, i i like that he's like he's almost like this storyteller that has to go warn people around but you know it's not like he's just telling a group of people he's kind of like you know running all over the place like you know talking to anyone that will listen like a kind of like this harbinger of doom, like the you know old man in Friday the Thirteenth or something. Uh, but <laughs> that feels like a disservice <laughs> to compare he's... him to that. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> but he he has that role where he's like you know he's the you know he has to warn people. Yeah, he's about the, what's Yeah,
0: he's the hate man. He's the, he's there to help build up yeah. the threat of Myers. And it's funny actually thinking about it now. You you might not get this as much because you've never really been into wrestling. But he's kind of like Paul Heyman to to. Michael Myers, Brock Lesnar. He's the advocate. He's the one that is there to sell the, th- even though he's against him. He's there to sell the threat of the villain, and I, I think he does. I mean, obviously, everyone remembers that speech that he gives to the sheriff, um, in the house, where he's, you know, like, oh, I, you know, I looked into that boy's eyes, and all I saw was pure evil, and he stared out, you know, beyond the wall, and all that stuff. Like, it's all great stuff, and, uh, he, 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 he gives the movie this gravitas because he's this, you know, this older actor who's who has experienced um and actually i love one of my favorite stories about donald Pleasence in this movie is at the ending after he shoots michael off the balcony uh john carpenter said in the commentary track that he he was given a choice by donald Pleasence for that moment and he says do you want me to react to this as if i knew he was going to be gone or if i'm surprised that he's gone you know when he looks down over and he's not there and carpenter said oh Give me both. We'll do we'll do both takes and give me both and I'll pick later on. And he's like, You can tell which one I picked. He didn't you know he never said on the commentary, but you can tell. He he knew. You know, Loomis <laughs> knew that he was going to be gone when he looked over that balcony. Yeah. Um and I always I always liked that. I I like that he gave him that choice. Like I the idea that Carpenter never even thought of that, like, you know, how he was going to react when he looked over. He just you know, yeah. in the script it might have been he looks over and sees he's not there. Dun dun dun, like <laughs> but he adds that extra that, element to it.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. He's uh, yeah, he's really great, and it's just a nice, like, um, uh, I guess, uh, like, similar to Laurie, where he, uh, you know, where she, like, is kind of, like, you know, constantly on the lookout and, like, you know, kind of worried about what might be going on. He's, like, this person who is, you know, very worried, but he actually knows, like, you know what could potentially be happening but then you know like we said like other characters in the movies like you know they're not taking everything seriously like you know same thing like when he talks to people like no one's like you know completely really you know like uh like you know people listen to him but they're not like fully taking in the gravity of the situation like yeah i mean you
0: could almost say that if laurie's the more grown-up of the kids uh loomis is just the, the outright grown-up he's the one who's already been through it all um yeah, but uh, if you want, to, I mean, that's a bit of a stretch. But I mean, I, I think that's it if you want to look at it that way. Uh, but yeah. no, he's, he's great. Uh, I, I love the moment when he first talks to the sheriff after the 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 store robbery, and you see Michael in the car drive past behind them. Oh
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> that's a great moment. I love. Uh, I love his delivery of uh, you know was that the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. Um, he <laughs> adds so much weight to everything that Loomis says because Loomis could be a really hokey character in the hands of another, yeah. another actor, and I feel like he gives it so much weight. And it's one of those things where, like, the movie would still be great if Loomis was kind of shit, but it wouldn't be in the 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 masterclass status that it is. I think if you didn't have these these three elements, you have Michael, you have Loomis, you have Laurie, and then of course you have the filmmaking that that makes it all sing. Um, yeah. but yeah. And then-
1: and, and I, I would add I'm, I'm sure we'll go into more you know in depth of, of it later but I, I think the music plays a, a key part in that as well like oh, i, I sure, mean everything yeah. about it you know altogether, but I, I mean i guess you can look that in the, with the filmmaking but
0: i mean the, the music is uh iconic like it, like so many horror movies these days have such forgettable soundtracks where i don't remember any, any yep. of the themes don't remember anything i i, I can sit and like I, I can hum multiple cues from Halloween not just the main theme I can hum multiple cues like the one that always springs to my mind is is when Laurie starts the, the chase starts after he's finally appeared to Laurie it's like dun 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 like you you can do yeah, all yeah. these little moments like they're all very remember, memorable because they work so well and they're very simple I think that's part of what makes it work so well yeah. is they're so simplistic in, in what they do and simple can be really effective and I think that's oh, yeah,
1: the definitely. case here. And, yeah, and then, yeah, not just with the music, but, like, the, yeah, the movie in general, where, yeah, you don't need these big, giant jump scares with loud stings. Like, you know, you could just have. Sometimes it's, it's just, you know, scarier to have some guy in the background just watching that, you know, you might oh, not even notice at first.
0: Yeah, like, which loses nicely onto Michael into the shape. He, yeah. like, obviously you have the POV shot at the start, uh, which is. It, it, it appears as all one take. It's actually a couple of takes, because. Uh, uh apparently the reason why they had to do one of the cuts was because the the reel of film uh ran out during the good take so they oh. had to have a <laughs> have a I, I know one of the cuts is when he puts on the mask uh, that's when one of the, the the cuts are snuck in but I, I think there's another one as well uh at least but yeah so you, you got michael and the idea that again i said this a lot in the remake uh, discussion about why it's bad compared to the original so i'm just going to retroactively uh say it for this which is there is no reason for why Michael's the way he is, right? Uh, that's why he's so scary. Is he? He's got this typical perfect home life, white picket fence. Everything seems fine, and then one day he just starts killing. And then he's in the, the asylum, and Loomis, as he says, for eight years he tried to like you know uh, bring him back, and then for the, the last seven he's been just trying to keep him locked up because he realized that the, the, you know he was just pure evil, and there was nothing he could do to change him. Um, the idea that there is no explanation. And even when he takes his mask off, when his mask is taken off near the end, he looks like a relatively normal dude. But there's no, oh, yeah. you know, hulking behemoth, you know, big grizzly face or anything like that. <laughs> he looks like a sort of normal guy who just looks a little bit cross-eyed. And that's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's why he's scary. Um, and then, of course, as as the shape, as the killer, he is just this, this ever-present thing in the background. He is this, you know, off in the distance, in the, you know, or behind the window, or... You're just standing there staring uh, i love the head tilt after after he kills uh, yeah. uh linda's boyfriend the head tilt as he looks at him, up in the yeah. Eye.
1: yeah it, it really feels like he becomes like a different character yeah once he you know has this like kind of costume on and like uh because i i love the uh the opening scene with uh you know where he escapes like in the rain and you know you don't really see like you know full glimpses of him but i just love kind of seeing him like scramble like all over the car and it feels like a little more you know frantic than you see yeah. later on where he feels very passive and stoic and stuff and- very, very erratic i
0: i like that as well yeah. i like the build before that and i love the idea that like, they're not supposed to wander around like that and it's all these other patients and it's like oh there's been a breakout yeah. of some kind and the loomis gets worried immediately uh that, that really sells that quite a bit of course, that nurse comes back in H two O. She's in the opening opening yep. scene of H two O. They <laughs> brought her back. She's in the second movie as well, actually. Uh, yep. But yeah, I, I love all those moments. One of my favourite shots of the whole movie is when he's carrying Annie's body. So it's when when Tommy's looking across the street and you just see him like carrying Annie's body. Like he's just oh, a yeah. silhouette and he's just walking. And it's so so. Uh, I don't want to quite say robotic, but just you know, rigid
1: and. Yeah, matter of fact it, 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 yeah it it doesn't look like like they're not doing anything crazy but at the same time you know something's wrong like that's not the way like a normal person would be walking around
0: Yeah, it's, it's one of the things in the remake is in this original film you get the idea that he feels really close to wearing a mask and he wants to wear a mask he doesn't like his face right and you get that yeah. from two scenes you get that from the opening where he puts on a mask to kill and then towards the end Obviously, all, all in the fact that he he stole a mask to wear. Obviously, we get that information. But at the end of the movie, when his mask is ripped off, he stops caring about attacking Laurie, and he looks at his mask, and he's like, I need to put this back on, and he puts it immediately back on. That's all you get, and it tells you how he feels about, like, I want my face back on. Give him, You know, Rorschach, almost, from Watchmen. Give me back my face. Yeah. Like it's, it's that kind of quick moment. And yeah. the remake... It has him like be obsessed with mass and he's making dozens and dozens of mass and he's got them all over his walls and it's it's just super obnoxious. Yeah. Just like the characters, instead of just having them be there and having the writing be confident. Again, it's being economic with your economical with your your writing is you have just yeah. one line of dialogue or one little action tell you something about the character. Instead Rob Zombie's movie, it's yelling it at you over and over yeah. again. <laughs>
1: yeah there's no subtlety at all and it's especially weird with that movie where it's like yeah we already have a movie where this is like all established in a very you know effective way like why are you trying to explain something that we already get yeah like, effectively it it's, i'd say it's s-
0: so not needed succinct maybe a good word to describe how yeah. it establishes all the characters and uh, how the shape works, how Michael works, but of course there's a lot of mystery over there, and I think the mystery, like the 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 unknowing of why he is the way he is, of how he's going to operate, is is part of the yeah. the, the the magic of the fear of the shape and Michael Myers and why he's an interesting character, uh, and that's and that's good. And keep in mind the the whole Laurie's his sister thing is not in this movie. That was a Halloween <laughs> two edition. Yeah. It is not part of this. And given the new movies ignoring it, it's just not canon now. So
1: uh and i don't really mind uh that wrinkle that much like i i know you know some people absolutely hate it uh it, it doesn't yeah. bother me that much um I, I don't when i watch this movie i really don't think about it though
0: yeah i don't think about it i don't completely hate it it doesn't look ruined too i mean i like two well enough i like four which yeah. also you know ties into the whole he has to hunt down his family members the problem with that though is though is that i mean maybe in two they, they, they tell us but what about his parents like what i mean they didn't die they're fine. They're That's somewhere. Yeah. Like, well, you know. In <laughs> fact, t- talking about comparing it to scenes in the remake, another scene that was really sticking out to me in this watch was when Loomis has been you know, he's with the gravedigger and they're at the cemetery. And okay. remember in the remake how the gravedigger just started swearing? He dropped like 10 F-bombs when he saw that the grave was empty or the, or the tombstone yeah. was gone. And then in this, like, he's just like, oh, what's happened here? Oh, Dear, uh, yeah, like the, the the scene actually plays where he's mm-hmm. he's got a story that he wants to tell Loomis and Loomis is like, no, I'm more concerned with the the grave here. Let's let's see what's happening. Yep. <laughs> um, and then of course right. he says he came home, and I'm like, oh, that's like the poster. When he came home, yes, yeah, <laughs> do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, it's just more effective because it it makes them seem like real characters, while it's like you know, Rob Zombie stuff. Like, yeah, that the you know caretaker in the zombie version feels like a guy in a horror movie. It's like, oh, of course he's acting like that because he knows he's in a horror movie. Like in Carpenter, it's like, oh no, everyone just feels like real people.
0: Yeah, like, and that's why you know, having the horrific Michael Myers start killing people feels like it's a complete like yeah. invasion of their lives. Uh, I, as the sheriff points out, this is a, a small community. This is this is families. This is children uh, lined up in streets. He is telling me they lined up for a slaughter. It it's the fact that this evil's come into an and otherwise not just again again just like michael myers like he's this evil for no reason and in the, the nice house with the white picket fence same thing with the town it's a nice town full of families normal enough people who feel fairly realistic In rob zombies movies everyone is a constant swearing uh borderline rapist borderline pedophile uh everyone is <laughs> yeah. grisly they're all awful people so when they start getting killed it's like i don't care <laughs> i don't give no, a no, shit no. Yeah. <laughs> they deserve it it's fine like,
1: well I, I think we mentioned it in that review where like it oddly makes like uh michael myers kind of like the hero it in does. a weird way which is like which yeah, is, something you never got in this movie yeah like, it, it, like i get sometimes jason
0: sometimes sure, yeah. feels like, like you want to root for jason in some of the sequels and that's okay
1: yeah but I, I feel like there's you know like yeah you're rooting because you want to see the kills and stuff but yeah it, it never really feels like he's like oh man like <laughs> this guy's cool or something like you know he like people deserve what they're getting like that's what it feels like in zombies movies like it's like nah man like the world's cruel and people are evil <laughs> like michael myers is taking him out or something it's like what is it? what? this is weird <laughs> no,
0: that's I good know. oh and we should talk about some of the small references and stuff like uh watching the thing on tv which of course carpenter sure. went on to actually make his own remake and i, I think was funny about that is that the movie's so different uh, but one of the things that actually stayed pretty much the same as the, the logo the actual text of the thing oh, okay. was pretty much the same like they actually kept yeah. the almost the same thing um so no i like that i also i like that um annie is so obsessed with like relationships and everything's about people dating and that she, she she references that the dog when the dog gets killed by Myers and she thinks oh he's quiet she says he must have found a hot date and then later on <laughs> she basically like tries to get Lindsay out of her hair by saying hey do you want to go watch TV with Tommy Doyle like you know it's like hey oh, yeah. you're, you're <laughs> too young to be have a crush on a boy you, you go and hang out with a boy have have your own little yeah. date for tonight you know like everything everything about it is kind of there and again the fact that little Lindsay was like yeah I want to hang out with Tommy the fact that she cared about that and Tommy didn't but he was the one noticing the yeah. boogeyman when she was like no i just want to watch tv like you know again yeah. it's like the idea of some people are paying attention to their surroundings and some people are just obsessed with what their their want is what their need is um
1: yeah yeah again it just gives nice character quirks i'm like i like all the stuff with Lindsay, where like you know she's just like you know constantly obsessed with just watching the tv she's like you know ignoring the phone ignoring you know annie when she's like screaming for her and like all that stuff is just, like, nice little, like, you know, character touches.
0: Yeah, it's, the movie's... If, if the movie has a message, it's basically just, pay attention. <laughs> just you know, be a, bit, yeah. a little bit vigilant about yourself, and, you know, maybe you'll survive. Maybe yeah. maybe you can survive this. It,
1: even with, uh... Yeah, with like, with uh, Linda, when, you know, she's, uh... She thinks that's, a you know, her boyfriend under the sheet. It's like, uh, maybe, like... Uh, yeah maybe try to be a little more aware like is this something your boyfriend would normally do or mm-hmm. maybe something not right here
0: yeah yeah
1: um
0: yeah I, I I can't talk about halloween without commenting that the uh the boyfriend of the sister judith at the start uh is the quickest finisher of sex in the history of the of human yeah. history <laughs> Because this is the thing, like Michael comes into the, the house, he gets a knife, he comes round to the front, and he's coming down the stairs, and he's like halfway through putting on his shirt, which tells me they didn't even get their clothes off. Or sorry, it tells me that they didn't keep their clothes on having sex either. He, they got, they stripped down, had sex, and he's already pretty much fully dressed on his way down the stairs by the time Michael comes round. This entire process couldn't have taken longer than thirty seconds. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, you'd yeah. be surprised at uh, <laughs> sometimes how it
0: goes. Tim's sympathising a little bit too much with this. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. He's sympathising with it. Um, but yeah. Also, apparently, Judith was played by a Playboy playmate from 1974.
1: Oh, okay.
0: It's yeah, a bit of trivia that I learned watching the trivia facts this time. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, Do you so. want to talk about some of the, like, uh, the actual, like, uh, death scenes we have in here. Uh, yeah. You, let me ask you that. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Let me ask you this. Do you have like a, a favorite or one that sticks out to you the most?
0: Um, it's funny. I think with Halloween, like I think the the build up and the quiet moments with Michael, the ones that I I love more. But if we talk about the actual deaths, oh, sure. yeah. I mean, it's hard not to love the the stab up up in the door, but he's hanging there, mm-hmm. and you know, with the the head tilt. Um, it's hard not to yeah. not to appreciate that one um, obviously Linda's is pretty good on the phone because um, the, the sheet slowly comes off and then the idea that he picks up the phone after and um, you know it's just the first time that the, I mean it's not the first time we've seen Laurie but it's like the first time there's like more contact between them is when he's like he's got the phone up and she just hears the breathing and it's you know very yeah. very creepy. Uh, but, so, so my my favorite moments, you know, like I say, the the walk in front of the house. I love, I love anything with yeah. him in the background or you know down the the end of the street. Uh, one of my favorite moments, though, possibly my favorite moment of the, of the whole thing, might be after Laurie's discovered the, the bodies and she's just like backed into a corner and there's just that dark closet behind her and then the white mask, mm-hmm. and the face just slowly appears in the background. I love That's that moment. Yeah. I love it so much.
1: Um- yeah in general i think maybe one of like the one of my favorite like most tense scenes is yeah when she's like locked herself in the closet and oh yeah, yeah he just breaks through and it's yeah trying to uh, reach at her uh who who is it that gets uh killed in the car that's annie she gets strangled that's annie oh, okay yeah that the I, I don't know why on this on this uh viewing for some reason that kind of that scene just stuck out to me i, I think maybe it's just like you know sometimes you feel like you're in the car you're kind of safe you can get away hmm. um but just like yeah and, the, and it's just like really like you know brutal it's just like and it uses you know, the right
0: uh, and again talking talk about using the filmmaking to make it more effective it uses the horn as a is like yeah. a, as like a almost a kill like a, a a kill what do they call this like a. You know, like, 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 there's like a, like an alarm to say someone's dead. It uses it as that, but everyone ignores yeah. it. No one pays attention. And it, hell, even later on when Laurie's running for Michael uh, and she runs yeah, next door I- to like, you know, to help me, please help me. You see someone look, look through the curtains yeah. and then they go back and turn the light off. It's like, they're just plain dumb. They don't want it to have anything to do with this.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like, uh, I, I don't know if maybe they're trying to say something like with that, but yeah, that was another thing that... Um, always stands out to me like I don't think about that like right off the top of my head but when I'm watching that's actually one of the creepiest things because again you know you're in like a large you know neighborhood there's lots of houses lots of people populated and, and stuff so you think okay I'm outside you know it's late at night there's not people around but you know if I start screaming yelling knocking on doors someone is bound to help but then yeah, just you know that idea of you know people probably just don't want to get involved. You know they, yeah, you know hear screaming. They think it might just be some crazy person. They just don't care. Yeah, and yeah. Like, they'd they'd <laughs> rather sad play it also like terrifying. Yeah, they
0: <laughs> want to play it safe in their own little world rather than get involved. Um, yeah. yeah so it's, it's a really sad, sad little moment in that, but it, it hits and it plays plays true, unfortunately. But that entire last chase sequence is fantastic. You know, she stabs Michael yeah. with a what a fire iron. Uh, the the hanger, the coat hanger, from the closet. And, of course, I referenced wrestling. I should probably mention that when Michael sits up behind her... I mean, that was what The Undertaker... That He oh, he, yeah. he took that and did that as he sat up during the wrestling matches. And that that's where he got that from.
1: Like, isn't, like... You know, I, I don't want to... Um... Uh, like downplay wrestling or or anything. Oh, sure. Like it's you know I I I don't watch it often, but you know when I do watch it, you know it, it, I do have a good time. But like, isn't like most stuff in wrestling just like gimmicks stolen from like other things like movies or comic books? A lot,
0: stuff? a like, lot. Of them. I feel like less so now, but I think yeah, in the eighties and nineties there was a lot of thieving. You know, Sting yeah. basically took the Crow and just did that for like a <laughs> long time. Like that, that was his thing. Um yeah Undertaker it's funny though because Undertaker's brother Kane showed up later and he was actually a lot more like Michael Myers even though Undertaker always used the setup, but Kane actually had the mask and had the tilt and all that and that was kind of the, the idea uh, but yeah that's fun it's just fun and gimmicky I, mean, I, don't, I don't really watch it that much anymore I dip back in and out depending if good things are happening but it's kind of tedious and painful a lot of the time to be honest the writing's pretty poor oh.
1: <laughs> it seems like a lot to follow uh, oh, yeah. But- uh i don't know but i, I mean again though like I, I don't watch it often but you know uh whenever i do because i have a lot of friends that like it's so every now and again they'll be like oh let's go to the, see this thing or come over and watch this uh and, it is always you know fun but yeah. um yeah and uh, another thing I, I love in this is you know talking about like you know he gets stabbed with a coat hanger and stuff like he i love that you know he can be hurt but like he never really like shows it like never like makes a sound you know it's not like you know there's like this big scream or something uh you know, again, it's just that yeah. kind of, like
0: stoic. He does react though. Like, when he get he gets stabbed with a coat, he does sort of like react as if he's blinded, and then he falls down. Yeah. Like you know, when uh, she stabs him, like I like that he does feel like he can be hurt to a point. Although he keeps getting back up, of course, is the, is the thing. Yeah. Um, so no, I like that a lot. But um, like yeah, also many great horses. I love how it ends when he looks over the balcony, and you know, you know, it was the biggie man, blah blah. But it cuts to all the locations that he's been. And you just hear the breathing before it cuts to the the title at the end again. Uh, in fact, one of the shots is, again go back to the start of the chase when he's standing at the top of the staircase before he comes down. Um, again, there's so many shots in this that I can screenshot and just use as a wallpaper if if I feel like it.
1: Oh yeah,
0: it's beautiful. It's beautiful filmmaking, and then of course you've got the Steadicam. Uh, We've not even mentioned that yet. That a, a lot of it is is long uninterrupted shots or at least if it is interrupted it's like cutting between two steadicam shots the one that always sticks out to me is when she's walking towards the house before she finds the bodies and she's it's basically just the steadicam aiming at her as it's going backwards and then the one behind her shoulder going towards the house or actually not even not even behind the shoulder it's just a POV I think um, uh, yeah one of the little touches that I've noticed in recent viewings that I really like is that when she's walking towards the house uh, you see her shadow appear in the house front door first before she walks into frame and it's just a simple little thing but it's just well, of those little details that now I, I notice and really appreciate
1: yeah I mean it's uh, yeah I don't think anyone else really could have you know done this movie other than Carpenter he's just so good at like you know what he does and he's so like I mean I, I don't know if it just comes naturally to him or if he's just really like overly meticulous but like everything just feels like you know uh, like so thought out and you know well done it's you know, really impressive and
0: you yeah know, and it, it's arguably like it. his best films are the simplest ones oh yeah definitely you know this The Thing Assault on Precinct 13 um, like w- when it gets and obviously he's got other fun movies but they're definitely a bit more cheesy right Like you don't watch Big Trouble Little China yeah. or The Fog and don't think this is a little bit cheesy it's still fun it's still well sure. made but his best films tend to be the really simple ones in terms of premise mm-hmm. You know, so uh, that, that's that's where I get. I love Halloween. I mean, if this is if this isn't clear, Halloween is like maybe my favorite horror film. It is, it is, it is the pinnacle, is the masterpiece to which I measure most other horror movies. To, yeah. um, I love its simplicity. I love how it just treats the the presence of the killer, the presence of the shape, as this foreboding like force of nature who is just coming no matter what, like. um I always go back to how I think the growing up loving the Terminator movies is actually kind of what my gateway to horror was because the Terminator in the first one is very much kind of a horror movie villain he's kind of a slasher villain in a lot of ways um, yeah. and I think that leads to and I think Terminator 1 and 2 are masterpieces as well but for more science fiction reasons than horror but although the first one I think does kind of work as a horror movie in a lot of ways so yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting it some it's got some facets there that I really like, yeah, and you can, keep... and but yeah, there you go.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, just like you know, for me, it's um, you know, like i, I said before, you know, it's not my favorite horror movie, but you know, just kind of in terms of because of the stuff I like, you know, I, I tend to go for more like you know supernatural stuff, like a you know, slashers aren't my favorite subgenre, um, but you know, this is one where it, it's impossible to deny, like you know the just like the master you know piece of filmmaking it's, it's, that, you know, that it is like, it's
0: so well crafted like you say everything feels very meticulous in how it's executed um the pacing of the scene is the build up of suspense like i say going back to walk into the house but is, is, it's you know it's it's all it's in real time almost and it, at least it feels that way as she's walking slowly up to the house and into the house and discovering where things are and uh I mean that moment to me. To me, that walk across the street is that. That is the start moment of the the rest of the movie. If that makes any sense, like the, the final yeah. sequence in real time starts with that walk, and mm-hmm. from then on, it's just everything takes place kind of. And, and obviously, it doesn't really take place in real time from then on. I'm sure you, you know, oh well, when the kids run out, you kind of cut to them, and it's not quite exactly real time. Not sure. But in terms of the adrenaline of the momentum of the plot, in terms of following things, like nothing feels like it ever cuts cuts to like a new idea or whatever. It's just you know following on. Um, if I'm going to be critical, I'll say it takes Loomis a while to notice that car sitting there. You know the 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 Smiths Grove <laughs> yeah.
1: hospital car. Took him a while. I mean, yeah, it, it's <laughs> like anything. Like you know, it's uh, like there's you know even like you know your most favorite movie you can always find like little nitpicks here and there oh yeah um, as nitpicks as go that I, I, is
0: like so minor it's just this time I was, yeah. I was like wait a minute that's just sitting across the road from him the entire time he was sitting at the Myers house <laughs> like he could he could have yeah. noticed that earlier actually speaking of that him being at the Myers house i actually really like the scene where he scares the kids away i like it for two reasons one oh, yeah <laughs> he's doing it because he wants to wants them to be safe you know don't go in there because michael might show up but two he yeah. kind of has fun with it he's got a smirk in his face He does a little creepy voice and it's like you know what for a character who for most of the film is constantly just like oh doom gloom like you know the evil's coming i like this little moment because it feels very human it's like no he's actually a person behind all that he's like sure yeah. what we see of him in this movie is 99 percent just michael's evil and we have to stop him because he's going to kill people but that one little moment, like no no he's actually a person with a sense of humor
1: exactly yeah no I, I like Again, it. it just yeah it goes yeah back to the just really treating the characters well and like with respect and stuff and yeah that that's a nice little touch that you're you're oh, okay yeah he he's a person <laughs> he's yeah. not just this like you know doomsayer he, he has uh you know he can get little enjoyment from life
0: yeah, yeah I, really, I really appreciate that so um what have we not talked about timmy we talked about music we talked about cinematography uh about I mean, I mean, pacing know, <laughs> talked about characters <laughs> the main characters that are worth talking about uh steam i think but we've it, covered it basically is what i'm saying but
1: yeah no i mean you, sometimes it's like you know especially like with these classic movies uh sometimes it's even like harder to talk about than you know some random like cheesy I'm... 80s movies because it's just like yeah i mean it's great and do you know what like, I've noticed? What, See, what is we, it to
0: say? When it's a movie like this that's really good and it's one that we know so well, I feel like we we talk about it differently because normally we work, we talk through the plot. What's the plot of the movie and what weird things happen yeah. along the way? We didn't do that with this. We said, no, no, let's talk about Laurie True, and yeah. just talk us about Laurie and how her character works. Let's talk about Loomis, how his character works. And we just kind of went through subjects almost as part of the movie because I feel like it's weird to sit and say well okay so Michael Myers murders his big sister and then he comes back 15 years yeah. later and he's kind of stalking these three teenage girls mainly Laurie and then they because g- ultimately after the introductions and their walk home it's like okay then it's time for Annie to pick her up and go to the house to babysit Tommy and then from there yeah. that's the whole movie like you know Michael shows up he kills one person here one person there and off we go it's really simple I think the simplicity is p- partly why it's so damn good and I actually I laugh because one of the things I like so much about Halloween 4 is I like the idea that in Halloween 4 they know he's coming and they know what, he's, what sort of the threat is whereas in this one Loomis is having a hard time convincing the sheriff and one of the things that Loomis says in this is he says oh no don't put it on the news because they'll see him in every street corner and you'll never have you'll have such a hard time figuring out who's who that happens in Halloween 4 I actually, for all the shit I'm giving the remake for, like, taking, like, simple little moments and lines and then blowing them out of proportion, I actually really like that Halloween 4 takes that line and says, no, let's do that, because this time they will all know who he is, and we will, we will get angry mobs with guns uh, hunting him down. So they actually, I kind of liked yeah. how they took that and did something with it in the fourth one, but... Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: That's fair. Yeah, I mean, there's like... You watch a movie like this and it's kind of like, there's no way that... Like, even if when you saw this in uh was it seventy eight? It came out. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, you can even tell them that, like there's gonna be sequels, <laughs> you know, to this and like um there's like a lot to mine, you know, just from this first movie alone. Like yeah, you know, that I feel like you can do, you know, stuff with. It's yeah, uh, you know, it's, yeah. It's it's cool that they explored some of that stuff.
0: Yeah, no, it's good.
1: So, uh, Halloween is a damn masterpiece,
0: and the remakes are an abomination to 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 everyone <laughs> in existence. Uh, especially the shape, and could we have a genuinely fantastic sequel next week? We'll find out.
1: Yeah, I'm very interested. Uh, especially like um, when it was coming out, I don't know what you know Rob Zombie was you know saying about the original, but I can see him kind of being like, oh, you know, the original is good, but you know, this is going to be our take, and blah blah blah. What I love about all this stuff leading up to the new one is that the you know, filmmakers. You know whether or not that they're making a good film, uh, they get the respect of the original, and they do have like a love and, you know, understand yeah. what makes it so great. So I mean, who knows if that'll translate to a good movie? I'm, yeah, you know, have my hopes pretty high up. But, uh, you know, e- even and, if it's not good, like at least they understand, like. And what obviously, it is.
0: John Carpenter's doing the music. He's scoring it and he was yeah. uh, one of the producers. He's had a hand in what the plot is. Um, what I'm hoping for uh, pretty simply is just a, a, a good suspenseful horror movie I I want him in the background yep. of scenes I want him you know stalking I want you know that stuff Laurie like I don't know what I even want from like crazy old Sarah Connor style Laurie <laughs> in this like do I want her to be like completely like you know she's been waiting all this time to kill him or do or is she just like going to be aware of it because she she knows to look out for that stuff? I don't know like there's elements there to play with and see what they do with and yeah
1: I wanted just to get a revenge from resurrection
0: (laughs) that's not that's that's been wiped from history Tim doesn't exist anymore Uh, this, this is ignoring every single sequel this is a direct sequel to Halloween 1 and nothing else so yeah. So look forward to next week. I'm looking forward to next week. I'm looking forward to seeing this new film. We're recording this in advance. Yeah. This is actually at the start of September as we record <laughs> this. But um, for, when this goes up, it'll be a week until a review, give or take, of Halloween 2018. So yeah, exciting. It's it's kind you of get... fun. It's it's funny to go back to this one right before the new one actually because it's a direct sequel to this one. Just to be fresh yeah. as possible on it.
1: Yeah. Uh very exciting we shall see <laughs> all right
0: tim I as opposed for the sake of uh format sticking to the format we should rate the movie so what are you rating halloween timmy
1: uh I, I could be wrong i think the first time we reviewed it i think i gave it like a nine or a 9.5 and and i think my reasoning was just that you know it, it's great it's a masterpiece but just like you know in the end it wasn't you know my all-time favorite horror movie or whatever but uh i, I think i'll I'll bump that up uh and i'll, I'll give it a, a straight 10 and you know it definitely even though it's not again you know not my all-time favorite horror movie or anything it is still a masterpiece and you know it deserves you know that the credit and that uh do you know, do you you know, know what i love, gravitas- love about this
0: <laughs> is <laughs> that i feel like this means that you have learned something from me and the time during the show <laughs> i have improved your <laughs> existence because now you're rating halloween with the correct score that is that is touching to me, Timmy. I feel I feel I'm proud. I have never been more proud of you than this moment right now. Halloween is a ten out of ten. God damn right, it is. <laughs>
1: uh, I uh, it'll be interesting, you know, in a couple of years when uh, we redo the boy and <laughs> you'll finally give it the correct score. Yeah, I'm not watching the boy again. It deserves. <laughs> I'm not
0: watching the boy again. Shut up. Uh, so that that is a bit Halloween, uh, a bit of a revisit of Halloween. Uh, uh, now that we're we're better at this because the first one wasn't very good let's be honest <laughs> uh, so that that is Halloween so let us know what you think of Halloween uh, let us know if you're looking forward to the new one uh, of course you can support the show and the channel and everything we do here and if you're feeling especially generous because you know we've been doing so many episodes in October and celebrating the month of Halloween uh, you can go over to patreon.com slash in fact, I can get my little on-screen display here ready to go. Let's transition. Oh, look at that. It's so smooth. It'd be even smoother if I just remembered to set it up and then not talk about <laughs> it as I'm doing it. Uh, but, yeah, so you can get us on Patreon at patreon.com. You get to vote on a movie once per month for Screams, and you get some other stuff early and whatnot. And you can get us on Twitter at ScreamsMidnight, as well as myself at wibble 89 Tim, where can they find you on Twitter? At Tim hey There you go. Look at that. Um, so yeah uh, check out that stuff you can of course support us in other ways you can watch the ads on YouTube you can like subscribe um, rate us on the iTunes or like your podcast app of choice and so on and so forth uh, but we, we love you loads and that is us that is Halloween so one week uh, when this goes up to the new Halloween film the, the way that I'm, I'm scheduling this is so that you're getting a Halloween movie every every weekend uh, in October so uh But yeah, so thank you very much. Um, We'll see you again next time. Keep watching Scary Movies. Happy October. Happy Halloween. We'll see you next time, guys.